up, y'all? It's your boy DSD, and we're here with another edition of our podcast. Okay, okay. I know you guys missed us. So I wanted to give you the lowdown of what happened. So last week, your boy DSD got the sniffles. The sniffles happened. Thought it was just a normal little sniffles, you know, just a normal conventional type of sniffles. It was not. It was the COVID. It was the vid. DSC got sidelined by the vid. My guy Kyle was gracious enough just to wait for me to recover. And I'm back and I'm better than ever. Kyle, I missed you. I missed you too, Cam. And uh, hearing your voice and not have it sound gravelly and uh, all that wonderful stuff. Yeah, my man caught the cooties last week. So (laughs) I'm back though. I'm back and better than ever. And let me tell you, we missed a lot. And I'm excited to talk some sports because I've just been basically talking to myself for the past two weeks or a week, I guess. And I'm sick of hearing my own voice. So I need to talk to somebody. No, I imagine that you're like sitting there in your house and you're getting like that. Do you know that meme with the guy with like the popping vein and you've got this popping vein just yeah. wanting to talk about Literally. Giannis? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, Giannis. Okay, so... There's plenty of things that we missed. Um, we're going to kind of do like a little bit of like a thunder round or like a lightning round. Like, how do you want to put it? Like, like how do you want to do this? Because we got we to go over like the, what we missed last week. I really have some opinions and thoughts. Well, part of the way we can do it right now is by adding this nice sound effect that I will put in in post-production of the lightning round. So let's go down the line here with the lightning round. And we start with Kevin Durant's multiple 40-point triple-double games in Game 5 and Game 7 of what we can now call the de facto NBA Finals between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, so that was insane, obviously. And Kevin Durant deserves a lot of credit for that because like, everyone's like, oh, he couldn't do it by himself. Like, Obviously, he didn't win all those games. He won He won the game five, though, right? I'm, I'm, I think I'm pulling a blank right now. Oh, game five, the Nets won yeah. by, you know, Kevin Durant dagger shot over, yeah, yeah, I want to yeah, say yeah, it was yeah, Middleton. Yeah, I won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then yeah, I, the, then they played like crap, and the Bucks won game six at home. And then game seven, Kevin Durant was about a third of an inch away from carrying with only one superstar. And James Harden played all right. Like, James Harden had a pretty good game. He was much game. better that game, for sure. Much better. With one superstar, he was about a third of an inch away on the three-point line. Was that from, the, yeah, that, that was the one his, when his foot was too big, right? Yeah, where he was about a third of an inch on the three-point line from a game winner to beat a team with three guys who can create their own shot. Him being okay, the so, only guy who can create his own shot. So let's let's just dive into this really quick. It's obvious the Brooklyn Nets are not a fair team. If they have James Harden at 80%, not 50 or 20 or whatever the hell he was, they're probably going to win that series. If they, if they have James Harden not being historically bad in game yeah. five, I want to say. Game yeah, five literally, game seven. literally, if he could dribble between his legs, you know what I mean? Like he couldn't even do that. Like he was, he was like, he probably shouldn't even play it, but I gave him, actually give him credit for that. We could talk about that another yeah. time. We talked, we talked about that a little before. It's like, when do we blame Start James like, Harden for yeah, that? Exactly. Like, if not, I mean, if we blame him for that if going out injured what would it take for us to not blame James Harden obviously the same things going on with Chris Paul and Paul George and Rudy Gobert and the people that like to get crapped on on the Instagram or the Twitter big time big time the NBA Twitter savage but I think that if 
it's obvious the Nets are a prolifically good team, and we know for a fact that if you know James Harden wasn't just the worst ever, they would have won that series. But I think personally, I think that that was a legacy builder for Kevin Durant because I think that that showed a lot that he was well, that's able interesting because to... you're the guy who says that like legacies aren't necessarily built in one season which you know sometimes no. they are but well so so I think I don't think it was necessarily like because here's the thing I think that the legacy games are really important they don't ruin or make a career I just think you can enhance or you can be like, oop, that was a little bit of like a like a, like a down year. You know what I mean? Yeah, because so they're, they're memories that, that we carry forever. Exactly. They're, they're memories exactly. that we constantly... It's like with, you know, good or bad based on perception of them, but ultimately a lot of what we carry with us when we talk about legacy is just memories, like memories we've yeah. had of that person. Yep, so Kevin Durant definitely added a notch to the belt there in a good way, I think. I think that he uh, really was able to, I mean, definitely in game five, it might have been the best game, I mean, one of the historic games of all time. But then on the other side, that was an incredible performance from Giannis. Uh, that's my guy, so I'm going to be a little bit, obviously a little bit of a ball-washy type of thing here. But it's man, both of I us, think man. That, I'm, I'm going to hitch my coattails to Giannis for the next 10 years too because that man is y- the best player in the NBA, except for yes. maybe Kevin Durant, but uh, Kevin Durant, I loved, by the way, I loved on Twitter that people were saying Kevin Durant has been the best player since 2017. And I was like, I've been saying that since like 2018 and you guys well, are finally well, coming around. Well, yeah, it's that. funny because, well, cause me and you've been saying that too. And they also, they've been all dumping on us, but it's just, it, it's funny how Twitter and all this social media stuff works. When a team, when a player does well, they're always like, oh, you, you're an idiot. You, you don't know anything. Then when they, do bad like the other side comes out and they're like oh this person sucks he's horrible he needs to never play basketball again but <laughs> I think that I think that Giannis is you know gonna win a championship this year I think it's theirs to lose and uh this is a legacy year I don't think I don't think make it's a make or break but I think Giannis is going to have a ring this year and he's going to be the best player in the NBA going forward, and it's going to be one of those things where it's his to lose. Uh, I really think that Giannis is also the most raw NBA player as well. We've talked about this a lot. Mm-hmm. He's not even as good as he can can be. And what is he, 26? I this think guy 26 is about ridiculous. to turn 27, yes. He's ridiculous, dude. Yeah, and his and, he sucks at free throw shooting. He sucks at three point shooting, but he still shoots them. That's why I give Giannis a lot of credit. He's basically a Ben Simmons, but Ben Simmons is just too much of a softy. He can't shoot because he's afraid of the repercussions. Giannis does not care, and I give him so much credit for that. Well, Giannis isn't as bad at free throws as everyone makes him out to be. But no, it's, no, but it's just it's just funny. It's yeah, funny because no, he does like the long, about the 60, long stuff. Yeah, he's about sixty-seven percent. He makes two out of every three. It's, it's not great, but it's it's not not terrible either. It's this not is, like hack a shack. You know yeah, what I mean? it's it's not a it's not a take I'm willing to die on a hill with. Like Giannis is actually great at free throws. It's like. No, Giannis is it's just better than people make him out to be, which leads He's, us into lightning yes. round number two, which I think was kind of where you were going, which is Giannis Anadokounmpo averaging 33 points per game across the last 10 games of this playoffs and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday being game two, Chris Middleton being game three, magical victories to help put the Milwaukee Bucks within two games of the NBA finals. 
Yeah, it's it, it's a foregone conclusion. I think that at this point, the the fact that the Hawks are even this in this position is a win season for them. I mean, let's be honest. Like I, I remember before this, this season, me or before the playoffs, rather, me and you were talking. Like, I don't even think that they're even going to be the neck the the Knicks. So like, like we weren't even sure if they were going to beat the Knicks. So the fact that you know Trey Young turned to like a borderline superstar. But another thing I wanted to add, I cannot. St- Stand. This is something that is the most annoying thing to me. That when people talk about recency bias, dude, it is it is an epidemic that people need to get tested for. Are you talking people, about the playoff the playoff recency yes. bias, which I'm now calling Tyler Hero syndrome? It's terrible, bro. It's terrible. You got you know like like people want to now. It's like it's like shut up please want to give reggie jackson 38 million dollars oh yeah yeah like people throw on the word superstar like you like you read about i mean trey young is a borderline superstar jesus mary and joseph he is not a superstar yet i'm sorry star he's an all-star yes fine cute he's an all-star superstar is so hard to come by he's not a superstar i'm sorry i don't care what anyone says stop using that word there's like six superstars in the nba it's it's or seven it's it's, it's ridiculous stop he's yeah, not he's a superstar. baby he's coming for the crown but right now he's a yes. baby he's just he, a baby it's, it's almost like one of those things where like you know like that one year when isaiah thomas was on the celtics and he like had that really good year where he like, was like yeah, top 10 he, in the MVP or top he still 5 has, or something. He still has one of like the five highest scoring playoff games in NBA history. That one against the he, Wizards. Yeah, yeah. But like I didn't even buy into it at that point. I'm like, oh, he's like whatever. Then he had another year good. Then I think he had the three-year span. But we need to see more than just one year of Trae Young. It's the same thing with the legacy stuff that we were talking about. You can't just say one year. Well, all of a sudden he's the best player in the NBA. Okay. Well, this, is a, this is has, a difficult part of it because when people talk about legacy like that, it's like they want Trey Young to have 17 years of legacy when he's only played three years. E- exactly. So, exactly. No, yeah. that's that's the key. That's the key. Let him enjoy what he's doing right now is ridiculous. And, and, and I think that in a vacuum, what he did this year was a legacy builder. No question. It does not even matter. Everything that he has done at this point is gravy. They're not going to beat the Bucks, and the fact that they already, the fact they even won one game against the Bucks, in my opinion, is ridiculous. They shouldn't. They have no business even being in the conference finals. Not to mention beating the Bucks in a game. So, well, ridiculous. that's another thing. I had said so. I had said going back to Game One of the second round that at, once they won that Game One in Philadelphia, I had said everything after that was gravy, like just gravy for them. Yeah. Like, so, and, and then and then and what did they do? They beat the Sixers. Which With is a historic collapse by the Sixers, which, by the way, we can just toss this in here too. Lightning round three, yeah. Ben Simmons falling apart at the end and taking zero shots in the last four games. Okay, which, so... Yeah. No, it's obviously sorry, been, sorry. I was going to say, it's obviously like, it's unfair and like he's obviously Wicked been piled unfair. on quite a bunch. Wicked but unfair. at the same time, it was a one, I just mentioned it earlier, one in 774 chance that the 76ers don't win a game where they're up 18 in Atlanta in game four and up 26 in Philadelphia in game five. So they should have right, won so that series in six, but they have all right, a historic so let's, collapse. L- let's put that Trae Young thing in a little bow. They, he's not a superstar. Stop saying that. You sound you sound foolish, but he is absolutely... I will, I will also add that the Hawks' goal from this point going forward, find a second All-Star. Find a second yes. All-Star better than John Collins. They do got, not like, pay John Collins. Please, God, I can oh, tell well, you this. No, I say do pay, not pay, John, him. pay John Collins, but look you to think? try and... Pack. You think, dude? 
well, but you the can't next let him contract, go. You can't like, let he's, him go. he's good. He's yeah. good, dude. No, you can't afford to let him go. So you pay him, Fine. you know, thirty-one million, and then try and trade him as the centerpiece of okay. I don't know another superstar trade. Fair. I'm all on board on that because I don't think John Collins. He's good. He actually is like a lot better than I thought he was. To be yeah. honest, he's yeah. gonna get a max contract somewhere. He's like one of those players. But he's also um, a restricted free agent, so the Hawks can match, which they have to match whatever he wants. And because you you can't afford to lose him at this point, like they just no. don't have enough offense to. But at well, the same time, wait and see if you can trade for a second best player better than John Collins. Yeah. Well, like, here's the Bradley thing about the Hawks too is that they're at their ceiling now. They are. Like, there's no way they thought they were going to be in, the, be in this position. And forever going forward, the Atlanta Hawks fans, you know, community is going to be looking at this and saying, okay, we're here at the conference finals. This is the pinnacle. We, yeah, how do we get back here? Important distinction with this current core of the team, with the team that yes. they have right now, not like yeah, this yeah, dynasty exactly. run for the Hawks, like with Bogdanovich, Gallinari, yes. Capella, and John Collins, yep. and Kevin Herter being your best players. That's that's what the caveat of them adding people, like you said. So so they need to, you know, obviously figure it out. But what they did at this point is is gravy, and they deserve a lot of credit. And this is they're like a they're like a certified middler in the NBA, but they're also like a top end middler. So the fact that they got this far is ridiculous. They're another outlier. It's unbelievable. Yeah, you know, a one in seven hundred seventy-four outlier that they get these games, and it's the other thing with recency bias on Trey Young, which is Trey Young had it not been for a magical collapse, wouldn't have even gotten that game one to show us that he can get forty-eight points and eleven assists to beat the yeah. Milwaukee Bucks with exactly. a poor so, game from so Chris let's, Middleton. It's all about it's all about timing. It's all about all that. So Trey Young, what he's doing is unbelievable. He's not a superstar. He's a he's a he is a at this point Trey Young is like a top he's like a borderline like top fifteen player something like that and yeah, he, an he's only getting an all star he's gonna make yes. the all star game every year for the next five years that's what he is so I'm totally good with that and that's what he is but he's not a superstar so we can move on now what are your thoughts on the Ben Simmons situation because I think the Sixers are a fascinating team because. They're obviously better than they were in the past. Adding that shooting was unbelievable. Seth Curry is unreal. He's just unbelievable. I love watching him. And Joel Embiid took a massive leap this year. And yeah, and if he and and yes, definitely. And we could talk about like you know with the injuries and everything. Joel Embiid still looked like Joel Embiid. I think a lot. It has a lot to do with you know. Actually, you answer first. What do you think about Ben Simmons? What are your thoughts on that situation? So, uh. First and foremost, do not trade Ben Simmons for anything less than another young all-star or like Bradley Beal. Like, do not trade Ben Simmons for anything less than a top 10 player in the NBA right now. Like, maybe Bradley Beal is like in that category. You know, it's debatable, but do not trade Ben Simmons for CJ McCollum. Like, do not. Um, Do not 100%. There's a simple solution to the 76ers besides trade Ben Simmons. Move Ben Simmons to the four. That's, I mean, it's how it's easy not is that? Great. I, no, how I easy? Think, how easy is that? Put him where he should be. He's he's failing in this position. He's not even bad. I don't even like Ben Simmons. I think Sixers fans are poison, toxic, all this. But it's not fair for says, what's says happening with Ben Simmons. Fan. Absolutely, yes. And Ben Simmons. This is the the tough part about fandoms is that fans. Can one of the things that's kind of difficult is that when you it's like sharks when you sense mental weakness, 
fans capitalize on it. And we've gotten better about it in a post, you know, Kevin Love world where we we kept saying blame Kevin Love as a meme. And Kevin yeah. Love talked about, you know, that made him depressed. And Paul George battles depression. And DeMar DeRozan talks about that. Like, we're getting better about it, but and still. And then, like, the Rudy Gobert and stuff like that, too. He's, he's in that conversation, too. Yeah, but we, we capitalize on mental frailness and, and expose it because we're like, look at the, the warrior athlete who's not tough. And yeah. they did a lot of that to Ben Simmons in a very archaic way that was kind of messed up. Now, from a basketball standpoint, three I said it right after they got eliminated. Three simple ant word answer. Sign Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry, put him at the point guard. Seth Curry, Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. Yeah. That's your starting lineup. There's your answer to your problems. Move Simmons to the four, sign Kyle Lowry, and let Kyle Lowry run the offense. Yep. And that would be my simple answer, but do not trade Ben Simmons for anything less than a top 10 player right now because, and I, this is the same thing with the Boston Celtics, 24-year-old all-stars don't grow on trees. Like, yeah, it's really hard to find one of those. It's the same thing. It's the same thing as because the same thing as me and you were talking about in the past. Like, remember how I said you have to change, trade Jalen Brown? I'm not saying tra- trade Jalen uh, Brown for like nothing. I'm yeah, don't trade, don't trade be- Jalen Brown for John Collins and Gallinari. Yes, exactly. And it's the same thing with Ben Simmons. I, and Ben Simmons is better than Jalen Brown. It's obvious. So, so I think that at this point, we're looking at Ben Simmons being not put in the right situation. It's obvious. And I think that it's a Sixers problem more than Ben Simmons. Now let's kind of segue into how much of a choking dog uh, Doc Rivers are. That Doc Rivers is. That guy. Oh, no. I mean, I saw saw the internet. I saw the internet call him the patron saint of blowing leads. I'm like that just <laughs> that seems a little cruel. But then I look back. But I'm it's, like, but it's, but but he but it there is absolutely a track record at this point. The only time he's seen success is with the Celtics. And you but could, could argue like three of them are pretty hard to to argue the other side. But you could argue that he's now done it with four different teams that were the most talented rosters in the NBA. Really five if you want to throw the and, Sixers into and the And I would even argue, I would also argue that that Boston Celtics team, actually not even argue, it's a fact, they fell flat and they fell short on their uh, their quest as well. Yes, they should absolutely. Have been much, they should have won more than just one championship. So and Ben this to is a second situ- is the other thing yes. too. Yes, exactly. This is, this is the situation that you and I talked about in the past. I think... Good coaching, uh, 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 sorry, it, coaching doesn't make or break you unless you are really good at coaching or you're really bad. And if you're in the middle and you can just deal with just like egos and you just win, you know, you just because of you're not a detriment, I truly think Doc Rivers just adds a choking thing. Whatever it is, I don't know if he's a bad coach, but it's obvious, bro. He's had the most talented teams Ever maybe, and he chokes. I can give you a perfect example. What the Clippers are doing right now with a worse team than what Jocker has had, they choked against the Nuggets, and then one year later, without Kawhi Leonard, I would argue that I would rather be the Clippers than the Suns in that series, which is ridiculous to think. Well, it's the reason that they hired Ty Lue, right? So from people smarter than me, because I don't know how to do the evaluations on coaches, but the thing that's said about Doc Rivers a lot is that 
he's really good with the X's and O's, but he's really bad at managing personalities. And he's a coach who kind of bad mouths his players a lot of the time. Ty Lue, on the other hand, is like the opposite. There's a reason we haven't heard stories about Kawhi Leonard, you know, showing up late to practice or Paul George wanting special treatment and everyone kind of looking at him strange because he's Paul George. Like there's a reason those stories have kind of gone away. It's because nobody's bad mouthing players to the media, which people kind of suspect was Doc Rivers. Well, another thing is too, from what, from what I've heard as well through my, like, I'm not saying like sources, but I, I, I've heard them, you know, through like the grapevine or whatever that, uh, Doc Rivers also is a brilliant X's and O's guys, just like you're saying, but he picks favorites and he has his guys and he's like literally like an archaic, like, like, man about that he just does not give up his guys well that was the joke for years with the clippers is that the only people doc rivers would bring in were former boston celtics former orlando magic or people who are related to him exactly yeah literally yeah which is not a great look bringing in austin rivers but we can talk about that another time but the opposite way on that because he uh then this year he told austin rivers purposely to not sign with the sixers and then he signed with the knicks and then got cut by the knicks so he kind of gave his son bad advice on that one yeah, but it's just because he's afraid of like what the repercussions were. Yeah, but as yeah, well yeah. as well as that situation with the whole thing where, you know, the whole big picture, Doc Rivers also has he's he is loyal to a fault to his guys and he from what I've read and been told and seen, he is one of the worst in-game managers as well. He's great with X's and O's, but he's not he's like Bud um uh from uh the Bucks. Yeah, Mike Budenholzer who refuses yeah. to, except he came around on it in the Nets series. Like he's not yeah, great, he, but did. he came around on it a little a bit little in the bit, Nets series. A little bit, but for sure. No, no, he does deserves credit for that. Doc Rivers won't change. But now you got Ty Lu, who's not an X's and O's guy, but here's the truth. If you're an X's and O's guy, you better be the best X's and O's guy in the business because it's not even a coach league. You look what happened to the Celtics. Brad Stevens is probably one of the best X's and O's guys in the NBA. Yeah, you just can't be Steve Nash. If you're going to be... If you're going to be not X's and O's guy, you just can't be Steve Nash who doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Like, it's got to yeah, be but, somewhere but, in between. But it's fine as long as you have a pulse. Like, Ty Lue, I think, gets it. He's fine. Yes. He's Ty a Lue's player's ha- guy. Ty Lue has had, like, 15 years of NBA assistant coaching experience or head coaching And there's experience. a reason why he keeps getting promoted, that players like him. And he puts them in the right situations to win. And he doesn't. He goes, you guys go play or whatever. I mean, I'm not, like you said, I'm not the smartest guy ever, just like you're saying. I, I don't know everything about it. But I yeah, can tell you this. Ty Lue knows plays. Ty Lue knows formations. He's been coaching yes. as an assistant for like a decade when in the NBA. When you are in that situation as Ty Lue, with the same exact roster, with without your best player, and you've gotten farther in one year, that's telling you something. Well, that I'm brings sorry. us into the next point of the lightning round, which is the Terrence Mann game, the magical 40-point Terrence Mann game yeah, where they exactly. just picked apart Rudy Gobert. Terrence Mann, Terrence Mann couldn't even get time on the Doc Rivers bench. Off the, he, was, he, was, he, was, he was completely thrown in the corner. He would never get to see the light of the day. That's something that you're, you're, in your old co- coaching philosophies, he buried him. Now... He has the ability to come out, has 40 points against the reigning defensive player of the year, and they literally almost try to put Royce O'Neal at center. I mean, would Doc Rivers ever even try that? The answer is no. 
No chance. I, no, I, I don't think that that would have been the game. The game plan would have just been ISO Paul George the whole way because, you know, we, we know Paul George is great and we're going to win or lose on Paul George's back. It was, let's just keep screening and rolling on Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert is going to drop back to the free throw line and Terrence Mann's going to get as open many open three-pointers as he wants. And I think he shot like 15 for 21 in the game, which I think ironically is exactly what Paul George just shot in game five yesterday and had 41 points where that's the game plan, just switch and hit shots. And if they're going to hit the shots, you're, you're going to hit them. But the, the cojones to and then put that's the, the guy that you give the ball. Terrence Mann, exactly. And then that's yep. the guy you give the ball. So like like you're saying, when you lose your best player, i.e. Kawhi Leonard, you need to start relying on other people. So basically, whoever has the hard hand, then that, you give them the ball. That's, it's that simple. I'm telling you, Doc Rivers would never have done that. It, it's, it's going to be Paul George's live or die, and then honestly puts Paul George in a terrible, terrible position. It's the same exact thing what he did to Ben Simmons. Same exact thing what he did to Joel Embiid. It's a cliche, beyond cliche, that you live or die with your best players. I usually agree with that, but when your best players literally is afraid to take a shot, you're putting, you're setting them up for failure. It's a fact. Or, more specifically, once we, and this is the same case with the Bucks. when you get to this round of the playoffs your best player is not going to be good enough because those teams have three good players. They have three players who can create their own shot. Everyone has two players who can create their own shot. So just having yes. one of them is not, even when one of them is on, which Paul George, this might be the, this is the stat that was getting floated around Twitter all night last night. When Paul George is the fourth player in NBA history to score 20 points in every one of his first 18 playoff games in a season, only with Michael Jordan, Kobe, and KD, like even as good as Paul George is, it's just not good enough because they their second best player is Reggie Jackson and their third best player is Marcus Morris. Like it's every just not team clear. has it's a, not even every yeah. team has two Paul Georges basically. So let's so um, what's the nice thing on the lightning round? Because I want to talk about uh that th- that take that I had about how health is the only thing that matters. Yeah, uh, we can move because that's somewhere on here right now, which is. Uh, obviously from the past couple weeks, the CP3, this was further down the list, but the CP3 COVID protocol, the Kawhi Leonard torn ACL that wasn't quite a torn ACL, the Joel Embiid meniscus injury that ended up, you know, didn't matter because the Sixers got bounced from the playoffs and all of the straight, like the injuries that have now made, as I've been calling it, the the five seed versus the seven seed matchup between the Suns and the Clippers. Interesting matchup, but both teams just aren't very good when Devin Booker and Paul George are the two best players in the series. It's it's like a first round but, series that should have been on NBA TV. Yeah, yeah, literally. But the first thing about, but the only thing with the, it is definitely an interesting matchup for sure. Um, but you know the Clippers with Kawhi Leonard healthy are probably the best team in the Western Conference in my in my humble opinion. Yeah, it would have made um, a hell of a. I mean, the the Clippers aren't dead yet. Like the Clippers winning Game Five was the hardest one of Game Five, Six, and Seven. But uh, still, the Clippers with Kawhi Leonard going up against the Giannis Bucks would have been an amazing finals. I've been waiting yeah. for that for two years, ever since that Milwaukee-Toronto series. I've been waiting for the next great NBA rivalry of Giannis versus Kawhi. Yeah, and then Kawhi's never... He, he, Kawhi kind of actually like never fulfilled what... You know, I mean, he obviously he's won several championships, but or a couple championships. I just, I don't know. Yeah, Kawhi's just, an interesting Kawhi's, conversation. Well, that's the other thing. Kawhi's still in his 20s, I think. I think he's 29 right now. Yeah, but he's also got all these knee and injuries. He's got all these, like, pretty lasting injuries. But well, we can talk about that. Part. Yeah, that was the worst part. He's got knee tendonitis in his left knee, and he just, like, partially tore his ACL in his right knee. Yeah, so now he, it's yeah he's, he's in an interesting situation in his career. But I want to talk about health for a second. 
if you look back, and I, I don't have a stat in front of me to show this, but I just but because you're the stat guy, I can tell you that no matter what t- what time a team wins a championship, unless you're just the Golden State Warriors and you have the greatest team in the history of existence, you won by being the healthiest team. You look at what the the Raptors did, what the Suns did to get in the position they're in. If you are the healthiest team, generally you are going to win the NBA championship if you are at one of those high-class teams, i.e. the Bucs. The Bucs are the healthiest team because they lost uh, DiVincendo to what, like a knee injury? But DiVincendo is not even a, he's even yeah, a starter. No, they still I, have their five, their five starting players. And yeah. even the Hawks, who have also been remarkably healthy, still lost number four overall pick and probably third best player on that team, DeAndre Hunter, in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it doesn't matter what happens in the NBA. I hate this nonsense about, oh, this is a, the asterisk, whatever. For any team to win the NBA Finals, you got to get lucky or you're the greatest team in the history. Like, like you look at like all these great runs of like, you know, the Lakers. Look what the Lakers did against the Celtics in 08. Kendrick Perkins had to get injured. Like, and you don't take banners off this off. Out of the well, Raptors. you called you me. You, you called me don't. a nerd. Do you want me to tell you the reason behind 2008's finals, courtesy of Tom Haverstrow? Uh, yes, I like the I like the nerd. I like the nerd of you. Tell so, me. Okay. So, uh, well, first of all, we can do the 2010 one, which is asterisk reason. In Game Seven, the Lakers took 21 free throws in the fourth quarter, while the Celtics took 17 all game in a game where neither team scored more than 90 points. Game Seven of the 2010 Finals, Kobe's fifth one against the Celtics. Yeah, um, and. And with the with the perk injury, and I mean, like I got a Celtics fan. I think that was a little rigged, but you know, it's under, water under the rug. No one remembers that. That's yeah. the point I'm trying to get at. It's all about good timing, good fortune, and a little bit of help from the referees potentially. It is it is it is a fact. I'm sorry. I, I mean, like they don't take banners down. It is what it is. But I'm telling you right now that you have to have positive fruition to get to MB to the stardom or the pinnacle of uh, the NBA championship. Well, it's funny that you mentioned uh, the your Celtics because I think the 08 Celtics are the only team that we can point to and say didn't benefit from some sort of weird asterisk. They just happened to have Kevin the Garnett, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce. Yes, but that but it's it's either or. It's either or. It's yes. you got, and that's also why. Doc Rivers has an NBA championship because he didn't have to do anything. Literally, all he needed to do was just say, "Do Rondo and Ray Allen do not kill each other." Just trying to do damage control when you have the best team. Like, like let's put it this way: Nash on the Nets. If they were if they were healthy, all he would have needed to do is make sure no one dies. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, he make sure that, do that that couldn't even do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, he could. Like, all Nash needed to do is make sure Katie went to bed at night. He needed to make sure that Co- uh, that that Kyrie Irving wasn't off, you know, saving the world somewhere. And theoretically, and you James just Harden needed to, you just needed to do seventy percent on that. If you could do seventy percent, if you could get a passing grade, you would have still won the championship. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, with the injuries and everything, the injuries are what killer what, what the killers are. You know what I mean? Like, you just it's just a fact. And end of the day, there is no such thing as an asterisk. Because if you want to talk about an asterisk, there's asterisks on every single NBA championship. So please. Well, yes, literally. Tom Habistrow did an article on that. So shout out to him. I'll go through just a few of them real quick. He's so, awesome, by the way. I love yeah, that guy. 
love love me some Tom Habistro. Um, so I can go through this real quick here. So 2020. Um, and wait, this is, hold on. Is this, is this the official side of the day, or what? What do we got here? It's, it's not. A, I mean, we can call it that, but it's just like a running list of why every okay, champion so has an asterisk. The running list stat of the day. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, we'll call it the stat of the day because I, I don't really have a super stat of the day today. That's like baffling, other than like the Arizona Diamondbacks losing 24 straight games and then winning 10 nothing against the Padres because uh, that's baseball. <laughs> Um, yeah, literally. But yeah, so 2020 NBA Finals, uh, Goran Dragic tears his, uh, what was it, his plantar fascia in game one, and Bam Adebayo missed games two and three um, for the, the Lakers to win. 2019 Toronto Raptor, Kevin Durant tears his Achilles, Clay Thompson torn ACL. Uh, 2018 Warriors, uh, LeBron James played the finals with a broken hand, plus the J.R. Smith game, and Chris Paul popped his hamstring uh, with the Rockets up 3-2 in the Western Conference Finals, and the Warriors came back with the over 27 Rockets game. Uh, 2017 Warriors, uh, Kawhi Leonard landed on Zaza's foot up 23 in Game 1 of the Western Conference Finals, Leonard didn't play the rest of the series, Warriors swept. Uh, 2016 Cavaliers, Draymond got suspended game five. Uh, 2015 Golden State, uh, Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving don't play in the finals. Russell Westbrook, (laughs) sorry, not Russell Westbrook. Mike Conley got hurt for the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, 2014 San Antonio Spurs, uh, the weird air conditioner thing where the air conditioner uh, malfunctioned in the, uh, the, the visitor's locker room. Air quotes, air quotes. Yeah. Um, 2013 Miami Heat. Uh, well, that one's not really necessarily. Oh, um, that's right. Russell Westbrook got hurt, and it prevented the Thunder from getting to the finals. It that is. I am so happy you had this because I've been doing this for a long time now, mentally preparing. I've been I've been putting this in the in the microwave. This take. It's been it's been cooking a little bit, and I've been thinking. I I I, I knew I was onto something, and then you come in with this stat, this running list of just proof that I've been right. You, I'm gonna I take a victory lap going, dude. This. Keep going, keep going. 20, 2012 Miami Heat. Derrick Rose, number one seed, tore his ACL in the playoffs. Um, the Heat were the oh number my God, two seed that, that year. I will never forget that. Honestly, that that hurt my soul. Oh, that was like that was literally like a like a oh that was horrible. Oh my God. Uh, 2011. This is funny because there is no injury one, but they said Dallas Mavericks get the championship vacated for dignity because they played a bunch of zone against LeBron and D Wade and JJ Barea posted up LeBron James and held him to nine points in a in a finals game. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Dallas Dallas kind of gets that one for LeBron just crumbling. Yeah, but that finals. one that one was just like also like and here and here's the other thing. There's just true outlier games. There's true seasons. That was the big, like, I don't think you could point to another run. What Dirk Nowitzki did had a, like, literally, like, you want to talk about a legacy definer? That run that Dirk Nowitzki did turned him into, like, a phenom god. That was ridiculous. And that was an outlier. Miami Heat, what they did was an outlier. Like, it's obvious. It's obvious. It's obvious. Stop arguing the facts. It's in front of you. It's all there. Thank you. 2009, Los Angeles Lakers uh, fourth championship with Kobe Bryant. LeBron James averaged 38 and a half points in a 66 win Cavs team that lost to Dwight Howard in the conference finals. Uh, And Dwight Howard had no chance to beat the Lakers in the NBA finals. Um, So you could call it an asterisk because the best team didn't make it. Celtics 08, definitely fair. Uh, 07 Spurs, Amari Stoudemire and Boris Diaw got suspended for coming off the bench for the... uh, 
what was it? The Phoenix Suns against the Spurs right before that. It was crazy because they were coming off the malice at the palace and all, oh, yeah. all Amari Stoudemire did was like walk off the bench to break up a fight. Remember when Steve Nash's nose was like bleeding like crazy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they they came in to step in after that. They got suspended, and then the the Spurs went well, on. To I'll win just that say series. at that time the that the NBA was a little bit sensitive. <laughs> they didn't want any more fights. They didn't yeah. want any more of those. <laughs> no, yes, yeah, it it is very much understandable. Um, Two thousand six Miami Heat. Um, that year was that weird year. Mark Cuban got pissed because there were so many free throws going towards Miami and they kept, they wanted to keep the series from being a sweep. So they gave Miami game four with the free throw calls and then it was two, two. And then Miami ended up coming back and the league was like, Oh shit. We kind of just, we kind of screwed the Dallas Mavericks a little bit by, uh, by changing the free throw thing. So it goes on and on. It, it keeps going down and down like 2002. Well, and and it Kings. obviously shows that the NBA is very like finicky, right? And usually the best team wins. It's, it's pretty obvious. But when you look at this, when you look at this, this sample size is not even a sample size. It's literally just what happens every year. Yeah. All that matters is getting a little lightning on the, in the bottle and being healthy. Staying healthy, health is all that matters. Tell your teammates, if you stay healthy, we'll win the NBA championship this year. If we're like one of those top five, six teams that has like a legit chance to win, I'm not talking about like... Yes, if you, you, if know. you are remarkably healthy and have one of the six superstars in the league, because yes. with the exception of three championships in the last 40 years, one of the five or six best players in the NBA is on your team when you win a championship. And and also too, like like I, I'm trying to think about like when the Detroit Pistons won, like when that really weird year where like the Chauncey Billups team. Yeah, was there Kobe any injuries Bryant, there? Uh, there, I don't think there were injuries, but what ended up happening was the Lakers were just totally imploding because and there's again, Jeff, uh, Jeff Perlman wrote a really good book on the Shaq and Kobe Lakers and Kobe psychology and all that. Cause it was coming off the rape trial and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kobe Bryant made it a mission from the beginning of the series. I'm going to win finals MVP. And I think he shot like 35% in the series and the team just started imploding because they like they they would call an offense. Kobe would run ISO. They'd change the play. Kobe would run ISO. They'd give the ball to Kobe. Kobe would never pass it back. And the entire team imploded because Kobe Bryant made it his mission from the beginning. It's his last year in Los Angeles. He was never going to play with Shaquille O'Neal again. And he he was, you know, remember he almost signed with the Clippers in like 2004 yeah, like, that was a really weird time, man. I, I, I like that was just so weird. Yeah, Kobe made it his mission. This is my last series as a Laker. I'm gonna win Finals MVP. I'm gonna leave, and that's it. So Kobe kind of blew up the team in '04. Not necessarily injury related, but Kobe brought the Lakers imploded, and the Pistons so, were the beneficiaries. So the the most the most obvious one is the the Raptors, right? That one was yeah. so painfully obvious that they that they you know that if if you want to play an asterisk game, like every team has an asterisk. So yes, um, the ones so, so the three that I've found in the last forty years, so like modern era NBA, going back to like 1980. The four that are the three that I have found that were like don't have one of the six best players in the league were 2019 Toronto Raptors, 2004 Detroit Pistons, and 1983 Philadelphia 76ers, I think. Wait, 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 wait. Say, say it again for the. You, you don't think that Kawhi at that time wasn't top five? 
No, uh, they were the beneficiaries of, I mean, Kawhi was a top five player, but they were also the beneficiaries of the Warriors just getting totally injured. No, hundred percent. No, hundred percent. But, but when, sorry. So what was the cap? What was the, um, yeah, like not the, having five to be fair. Kawhi Leonard was in those playoffs ridiculously great, but at the time he was coming off the injury and all the weird stuff there, um, without having, you know, there's an argument to be made there, but there's a, you know, 95, no, n- he, ca- he's kind of in that weird category with like the 95 Houston Rockets, I guess, but I didn't, but, I wasn't but, alive for but that. But to your point, to your point, it's like literally, it doesn't happen. It just yeah, doesn't happen. No, like, doesn't, like, doesn't like happen. I could even poke a hole on that with Kawhi Leonard, but I agree, I 100% agree with you. It's so rare. You need to have the good players and good health. It's just what happens. I'm sorry. It's all that matters. So yeah. if you were able to stay healthy, you're gonna win the NBA championship. When once again, if you're one of those, you know, one of those teams, that's, and that's another thing with the LeBron teams. That's why LeBron James is so, um, you know, like 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 that, you know, one of the greatest of all time. Or if my yeah, opinion, never gets greatest. hurt. Never gets hurt. Exactly. Exactly. That's all that matters. Tom Brady. Never gets injured. Different sport, but the same type of concept. Yeah, except when for that one nev- season. Except for that one yeah, season. Exactly. And the same, but LeBron's also like towards the end of his career is getting a little bit older and you know things happen. Yeah, no, Whatever. LeBron two of the last two of the last three years with the Lakers, he's been sabotaged by injuries, but also they yeah, won but a be, championship. But before that, but before that, LeBron literally was made a uh, was bulletproof. That he literally couldn't get injured. It's unbelievable. Couldn't get and, injured and, and never it, gets tired. Yeah, and that's another thing. That's the only thing you could put against LeBron James is that he had those cramps, all that. That's literally it. That's literally it because he was he's bulletproof. He never got injured. And if that that's all that matters in the NBA, just don't get injured. I'm so happy that we had the conversation because it's, I've been really thinking about this for like years, legitimately. Yeah, and you are your it, your intuition was correct, even if you didn't have the numbers to do it. But Tom Havistro did it I for didn't us. have the numbers, and you just you just had him in somewhere left field in that brain of yours, and you had him available. You had prepared. Well, and that's to, why be, to be fair, I was just reading it off Tom Havistro's article, but still, it yes. doesn't matter. You're you're prepared. You're ready to go. What's next in the lightning round? Uh, ooh, this should be fun. Kemba Walker is traded to the uh-huh. Oklahoma City Thunder along with the Celtics' first-round pick. They got for all the losing they had this season, for all of the just heartache of this entire season, and you wanting to miss the the losing the wild card round to get a higher draft pick. The Celtics move that draft pick to get off Kemba Walker's contract and get Al Horford and was it Isaiah Roby? I, I don't remember. The no, it was uh, Moses Brown, I think. Moses Brown. Yeah, Moses Brown. And I think that was in. it. Yeah, but but also they said that like he, I think when he started four games this year, he averaged like 16 rebounds. But anyways, uh, yes, you get a throw in. Yeah, nice he, little he, throw yeah, in he center. also, I guess the Celtics, I think he had a 20-20 game. But so I just want to tell you, Listeners out there, I called this. I said that they were going to trade, can't, so I can add that to my my my. Yeah, you know, we'll add it to the Hall right. of Fame. That's a good idea. We'll add it to the yeah. the Hall of Fame that we or Hall of Fame and Hall of Shame that we have here. Which soon? Oh yeah, no, the Hall of Shame is definitely a thing for me. I have a lot more of those, but I will I will take a victory lap. I called this, and it's not like I was I wanted it to happen or anything, but it just made the most sense for the Celtics just to trade. To OKC because OKC is literally just like what they do is they take all these 
bad, good players, turn them into something good, and then trade them for something, yeah. i.e. Chris Paul. Well, they keep getting first round picks. I saw another crazy thing after. Yeah, that. I was yeah. like, it's unreal what they're doing there. I mean, like I, they, the next let's put this with, they better hit some on one of those. They have like a they have like forty seven first round picks. It's unbelievable. Well, that was the other thing. They kind of lost in the lottery because there was a scenario oh. where they could get two top five picks, and they ended up with only pick six and like the eighteenth pick from Miami from a double swap. So. So that's uh, what happens, bro. That's what happens. You bet. It's uh, uh, oh my god. Uh, we could we, we could do this. I know. I, I for a long time too. What happened? So you look at the Celtics. What the Celtics did when they traded all those picks. I mean, all those people got picks. They got lucky with the picks because they historically do trade with uh, the Nets, right? The the OKC Thunder are in a similar situation. They are trading all these players for picks. And they're getting a ton of picks. And, you know, Sam Presti is actually a good drafter when he has the right picks. You better hope that ping pong ball does the right thing or you have a 15,000 picks to choose from or you're trading for players, i.e. why you don't trade Ben Simmons for picks. They just don't grow on trees. Ben Simmons, as much as you hate the guy, he's still better than the, 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 you know, it took three the, years of losing to get Ben Simmons, to just be yes. in a position to get Ben Simmons. Yes, and so it's just it's just so funny. Everyone thinks picks are good. No, they're not. Unless you have a Zion Williamson pick coming out, which rarely happens. He's like a generational piece. It's not going to happen. And Keep in the NBA, players. you have to win a lottery to get those players. So you only yes. get like a 14% chance at getting unless, that generational player. Unless... Unless you do what the what the what the uh, the the Cavs did, they got literally lucky to get. Um, Not only uh, get Andrew Wiggins, Wiggins to trade for Kevin Love, yeah. the number one pick that could have been Victor Oladipo or Giannis. Giannis is the best player in that draft, but obviously yeah. they no one was going to pick Giannis number one. No. And and this, I'm so glad you brought this up about picks aren't being worth as much. the The Cavaliers got the Kyrie Irving pick because. They took Baron Davis's contract from the Clippers. The Clippers said, we'll give you Baron Davis's contract and our unprotected first round pick in exchange for like Mo Williams, just to match contracts. And in exchange for Baron Davis's contract, they got Kyrie Irving. So back then, picks were totally undervalued and they were super valuable. Now, picks are totally overvalued because they're the way that you acquire superstars and picks aren't quite worth as much as they used to be in terms of the picks themselves cuz well, everyone's and adding not to mention the fact that the NBA added the lottery and what like that really kind of like y- y- you could be the worst team and you still don't even get the highest yeah, picks they, so, like, they made so, the lottery odds har- harder than it used to be it used to be like 25% chance at the one pick yeah. now it's like 14 is the best chance you can get yeah so we can we can go in circles here but i can tell you this that the picks are overrated they are 100% and that's why, you know, those like five years ago, I always reference the Celtics, but I just, it's the team that I know the best. The Celtics are the I best remember, experiment too, because they got, you know, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. It's the only and, time in the last five years. And, and can we add this? Can we add this? The team that they took the picks from is better off yeah, than that, what they did with weird. the picks. That's kind of weird but that, that, but that ended up all, happening. That's all that matters. All that matters. The yeah. players... Get the best players. It's all that matters. So if your destination, i.e., 
New York. I know it's it's Brooklyn. It's a poopy Nets. The poopy Nets have the best team. The New Jersey Nets. The New Jersey Nets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, look, exactly. It's proving my point. The Boston Celtics are never going to be a destination. I'm sorry. It's just, what it is. it's just the truth. But they have... They... They absolutely smoked the Nets in that trade. I mean, literally one of the best trades in NBA history. One of the most lopsided trades. And the Nets are still better off. How does that happen? Well, we've done, a, we've done a podcast on it before. Like how the Nets, basically, they got Chris Levert for like Thaddeus Young. There's a whole thing. Like they, all the moves they made set them up to get James Harden. Basically, they took that nothing that they had and threw like little move after little move eventually with also seven first round picks got James Harden because they like threw in Chris Levert, who was acquired for Thaddeus Young and Karukas, who was acquired like in a Demary Carroll salary dump or something. It really all started the with the, uh, the, the D-Low team i feel like that team like made the nets fun again and then i was like then when Ki- when, when Kyrie was on the celtics they were like we got to go to new york and everyone's like oh they're going to they're going to the knicks oh no they're going exactly. to little kid brother and you know how they got d'lo by taking a mozgov salary dump and trading brooke lopez which oh that, that was awesome that was my other favorite thing was that uh d- someone put on twitter and it kind of went viral that uh most nets fans right now are realizing after like brooke lopez smacked the logo after game seven that brooke lopez is their franchise's all-time leading scorer <laughs> yeah literally yeah they well, kind of forget well, about well, that. most fans don't even most nets fans don't even know that because they're not even real nets fans they're like well it's also just weird it's just weird that brooke lopez would be the franchise's all-time leading scorer because like the worst franchises in NBA history still have like a Kemba Walker or still have like a yeah. Del Curry. Like the fact that they've yeah, been so bad. Or like a Vince, like Vince Carter, you would think he'd be like the all time scorer or something or like Jason Kidd or something. But or no, Dikembe just, Mutombo, but they, yeah. they just never played long enough in uh, never played long enough in New Jersey or then Brooklyn. But yeah, 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 yeah. It's but, that was kind of funny. Um, so w- w- uh, I definitely lost track of my train of thought here. W- where else, what else are we doing here? Like, do we, we, got, have a, we, got, a, we got a couple things left here. Just a, okay. a couple things left on our lightning round that has taken up the whole podcast. Cause you know, that's just how we roll here. Um, yeah. how about Rick Carlisle leaving Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks, seeing the writing on the wall two years before his contract expired, walking away, taking subtle shots at Mark Cuban and Luka Doncic and Jason Kidd on the way out. And then choosing to not, I mean, I don't know if he was offered the job, but it would be hard to believe that they would say no, but turning down the chance to coach Dame Lillard or potentially Giannis Antetokounmpo and taking the job with the rebuilding Indiana Pacers by turning down Luka. I don't get it. I literally do not even understand. I, I let's put this way. I haven't put, I haven't put enough mental thought into it, but that, that whole thing makes no sense to me. I think, well, so here's my thought on that is because what was fun, we were live on radio when the news broke, which it's always fun when you have live breaking news to react to. In fact, let me just check my Bleacher Report right now and see if we have live breaking news we can react to. But to that point, um, we were live on the air. And the thing I said is like he kind of because he walked away himself. It seemed a lot like he kind of saw the writing on the wall that, you know, he was going to get fired within the next year. He was going to be on the hot seat. He didn't have a future with the team. And Mark Cuban was like redoing the entire front office. They just fired Donnie Nelson, hired a Nike executive who it seems like his biggest qualification was having every agent and player's phone number. 
um, in his phone. Weird. I, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, the whole thing is so weird. It really is. I mean, like, like obviously, like you can't be on the team forever with Rick Carlisle, but like, man, I, going to the Pacers. Like, well, that was ah. funny too because there was the report like right before that. You know, the the Athletic did a report that basically said this guy who's like the de facto, like a, an analytics guy who's now like the de facto decision maker and was like sending down lineups to Rick Carlisle and stuff. Um, like I so forgot weird. what his name was. It was Bob, and it starts with a V or something. But he's still with the organization. And yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, I Mark, heard about him. Mark Cuban voraciously denied the story. Which, you know, when when there's that much like reporting behind it, there's usually pretty credible because of the amount of like fact checking they have to do before releasing that story. Yeah, let's put it this way. If they're going to drop a bomb like that, they better they're going to be right. It's just the way it works. Yeah, a lot of the stuff there is going to be true. Now, they don't know the sources like there's thoughts that like Carlisle may have dropped some of it, knowing that he was going to be on the way out and things like that. But within 48 hours of that story, the. 16-year champion GM and 13-year champion coach who Mark Cuban stood by for a decade despite the fact they haven't won a playoff series since the 2011 finals just you know tossed him to the side and they're gone within 48 with, hours with with a generational player so yes. that, that, with the that gift never that every coach wants to get which is the generational player that's what every generational player at 22 years old and, they and not only is it not gone. only is he a generational player he might be like the greatest generational player you know what i'm saying like there's like the, the, there's literally never been a player like luka Doncic. like he could literally be the goat or at so least like, in, the, I, in the last like 15 years we haven't seen someone as good as luka Doncic, and like since kevin durant or whatever you want to call yeah, it but yeah exactly like it's it's like a very small list and yeah, that's good and it's like, that fa- that good that fast yeah so it's just it doesn't make any sense at all it really doesn't so like that's why i'm just like so i'm like really curious about it to say the least that's why jason kidd wants to go there obviously because you got literally a generational player you don't get you don't get players like that they don't just think grow about on that. trees jason kidd turned down damian lillard for luka Doncic. think about how it's crazy a perfect, that is yeah I th- I also think that that like it's obvious that portland has some issues over there <laughs> Some well, issues. that's another thing we can go to, which is that, you know, the hiring of Chauncey Billups may have upset Damian Lillard, which I know you had, you had some thoughts on Damian Lillard we were talking about off air. So I will I will cede the floor to you, my friend, because, yeah, I, you know, it, it's it's really weird what's going on in Portland, right? Because Damian Lillard has done his thing for years saying that he is not going to build the super teams. He's basically like held to that brand. You can't play both sides of the of the fence here mr lillard you can't do both if you want to to that point something funny that i saw was like they said damian lillard um damian lillard was upset about you know the state of the roster and their lack of draft picks and cap flexibility and i'm like i thought this was like i thought you were okay with this like i thought that was kind of the whole point they've had terrible yeah it it doesn't make sense and everything since then yeah like it, it you can't i'm sorry you just can't have both you can't, and, and and I think what Damian Lillard is doing is actually kind of ridiculous now. Okay, it's like, it's like all these reports are coming out. He's like he he may not call he he may not um you know I want to want to trade or he may want to trade. He is like upset and blah 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 blah. I think it's crazy that Damian Lillard is gonna hold hold so strong to the fact that he's not gonna leave Portland. He's gonna make fun of other teams for making super teams, and then now he's like put leveraging the team. But there was also a weird. There was a weird report also that like the Blazers were thinking of pushing him out 
because yeah, there's they're, they're there's estranged. a lot of weird things going on now. It's PR. It's a PR nightmare there now. Yeah. It really is. And then I, I, and I saw then I that. Saw I'm Nirk. like, that's the easy part. Getting him to leave is the easy part. He will leave. Did you see Nurkic? Did you see Nurkic being like, if Dame leaves, I'm leaving. Okay, we wait, we don't care that? about you. Wait, wait, he yeah. said that. Yeah. What? Hold oh, on. oh shit. <laughs> hold on. Wait, hold Nurkic on. Nurkic said if Dame leaves I leave. Hold on, well, first hold on, all, hold on. Let, let me let me just like I I have it uh I I just saw that somewhere. Hold on. You, you keep talking, I'm going to find it. No, yeah, first of all, to match contracts, Nurkic might be going with him, which is the it's like the Danny Green situation in Toronto where, you know, Kawhi Leonard demands a trade, Popovich meets with Kawhi and Kawhi's like or Popovich leaves the meeting, and he's like, "Yeah, we're going to trade him." There's there's no way back from this and uh it's it's kind of like Danny Green got forced out the same way that Nurkic Nurkic or Covington or like Derek Jones Jr. might be the guy to like match contracts on the trade. All right, so here's like the report. Both of them are gone. Here's the report. Yusuf Nurkic says he will be leaving Portland if Damian Lillard leaves. As far as I know, the man stays there. But <laughs> if he goes, then I leave Portland as well. My opinion is that it'd be stupid to have a, such a loyal man like Damian Lillard let him go. So, there's a lot of issues there now in uh, Mr. Portland. And then I also saw another report that they assured C.J. McCollum that they will not be trading him. So, this is another thing they have an issue there. They are a middler forever if they don't get rid of C.J. McCollum. C.J. McCollum should have been traded five years ago. Legitimately. No, 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 no. I would say not quite five years ago, but you were on the You got it. Go I would have so the thing I'd been saying for years with Portland is that you missed your window to to really maximize it. Remember when um, Fine. Remember when Anthony Davis was yes. um yes. requested out of New Orleans there was that like weird like two week period before the trade deadline where they're like he's going to go to the Lakers, he's going to go to the Lakers and then they let the deadline pass and then they wore the that's all folks shirt and made things and really then, awkward. And then and then uh whoever the GM was before uh whatever the guy's name is, yeah. got fired. Uh, Del Demps. Yeah. Del Demps got yeah. fired. Um, in that moment, they, had, Anthony Davis basically leveraged. I've only got one year left or one and a half years on my contract. So I only will resign with the Lakers. So Lakers should offer the biggest value. Um, I had been saying consistently at the time, and I still believe it now, Portland should have said to hell with re-signing Anthony Davis. You just have to get the two playoff runs with Anthony Davis and traded, you know, McCollum and Nurkic and picks to the uh to the and then Pelicans. he might still stay you know what i mean yeah. he might you could still always stay paul george it and stay for an extra year on a you know before he got well, traded it, to the it could also be like a kg situation where like he was like i'm not going to boston and then he tra- they trade for him and he's like oh i actually like it here and then yeah exactly sign. yeah and even if anthony davis does resign it's a nice parting gift where if you're gonna you know trade him again it's a nice parting gift of like five first round picks like the Thunder yeah and also too George. and also too i'm pretty sure there was a report that anthony davis is going to go to the pacers at one point with uh, paul george so i think i think he could have been uh if they were good enough i think he would have stayed but even if he doesn't you still make the move like it's it's again because yes. windows don't last that long so now it now and, anything and they do, and and people like anthony davis don't just grow on trees it's the same thing we'll be talking about exactly it's top 10 players don't grow on trees but anthony davis i anything the blazers do from this point forward is too little too late because they don't have the cap flexibility and cj mccollum just isn't worth what he it what he was worth anymore like they fired terry stotts finally which they you know it's something at least they've kind of been the exact that feels same like that's before. too little too late too though i feel like that should have been of a couple too years little ago too late like the blazers themselves are 
you know, Terry Stotts, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum were together for like eight years and everything they do from this point forward is too little too late. Like the window is closed. The window was closed last year. The window was closed this year. Like it's over. They're not, there's nothing they can do with the current core of their team to win a championship. And this is the moment when Damian Lillard probably should have been traded anyways, after Anthony Davis leaves in free agency last off season, Maybe Damian Lillard leaves, but one year earlier. Like it's just yeah, windows closed. Yeah, he, yeah. Here's the thing. I mean, like, like I, I don't think Damian Lillard should stay on Portland, and I think that Damian Lillard made his bed a long time ago by saying he's going to stay loyal to the franchise and all that. But and I to think his credit, it's, he did. He did stay loyal. Yeah, I definitely respect him for that. But you can't have both sides, man. I'm sorry. You can't just now. You can't now. You can't be like I want to win championships. You've been saying you've been saying that you're not going to build a super team for years. Now he's going to pick and choose what team he goes to. But that's 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 dude. That's what happens in the NBA. That's what superstars do. He could do whatever he wants. He could go to any team he wants now. Probably. Well, maybe not. Maybe not exactly because of. Uh, but I feel you know, like we're making. Contract, the, I feel but. like we're making the same mistakes. Well, yeah, we didn't we do that activity with Damian Lillard where we were like, what are the seven teams that could like realistically trade for him? Yeah, I think that was yeah, like yeah. One it, or two or something. It's a little cheek and uh, 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 cheek and tongue for sure. Yeah. But it's just more of like it's if. But when you're a superstar like Damian Lillard, who is a superstar, not Trey Young, who was a super, I mean, we got you know we can go into that. <laughs> well, it's another funny point. you mentioned that because I would I would just say bleep it and just trade John Collins and Bogdanovich and dra- and all your draft picks to go get Damian Lillard and just they play the same game but put Damian Lillard and Trey Young together. I'd just say bleep it at this point if I'm the Hawks. Yeah, well, it's the same exact thing. Like like oh, well, I'll tell you this: the Celtics could have could you would oh. They that were on would your be. List. They were on that magical list that we had. Let me see if I can find the magical list. Of Let teams me tell you, there. that would be ridiculous. If th- that's it, th- you want to talk about where I would trade J- Jalen Brown for? The only problem with Damon Lillard is he's obviously like on. I mean, I, he's on the back nine type of situation. But man, oh my god, he would be unbelievable in Boston. He would be. I found the magical list of the teams that we said would be in the market for Damian Lillard. So it was. The 76ers, the Celtics, wow, the 76ers, that didn't age very well with Ben Simmons being the core of that trade. That that did not age very well in the last uh, the last few, what, month? I think close to a month since we did this episode. Uh, yeah. 70, 76ers, Celtics, Jazz, Nuggets, Knicks, and Pelicans. Those would be the realistic teams. Maybe we could throw the Hawks in there now and go from, because at the time, this was June 5th, and I said, teams who aren't ready to trade for Damian Lillard. And that was like Charlotte, Indiana, San Antonio, Memphis, and Atlanta. Maybe Atlanta is ready now. Maybe Atlanta's ready to trade for Damian yeah, Lillard. Yeah, I, I, I just feel like that's a ma- I just feel like the fit's a problem there. But the same thing, bro. You got to get the best player. So yeah, um, weren't we having that same argument about James Harden being a fit in Brooklyn? At some point, you just got to well, trade for well, James so Harden. So the thing about James Harden, though, thing about James Harden, and I, I do, I totally agree with you. I think a fit definitely matters to a certain extent, but you can look what happened to the Celtics. The, the fit mattered. There was a, there was an intangible issue. That team was nasty. It was one of the great underachieving teams with, you know, Gordon Hayward, obviously Gordon Hayward getting injured didn't really help, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They made, they made two conference finals, but ultimately, you know, well, Kyrie was even was like, was gone. He was like injured too. him and Gordon Hayward were gone. They went to the, they were one game from the finals with like Jason Tatum and, and Terry Rozier. Yeah, and and yeah, and Jason Tatum dunks on LeBron. Oh, that was legendary. But uh, yeah. 
Yeah, so uh, the Damian Lillard situation is definitely a problem, and I think there's going to be a lot of problems going forward for that franchise, and I believe if, if I was Portland, I would trade Damian Lillard yesterday. I would have done it. I would have. But same thing, though. You're not going to trade him for nothing. I'm not saying just don't, you know, you got to primarily in any type of trade that you trade a superstar, you lose the trade. So you better just get as much as you can. Because yeah, the, the, you're, you're not going to trade a superstar and then be in contention. And the only time I've ever seen it actually like work is the Pelicans because they got Zion Williamson in like a, just a, like a magical type of situation. And even that's not working right now because the team no. is is not like they they might have to trade Brandon Ingram to get better because he I, he I, like I, John yeah, Collins. I, I wouldn't sign Brandon Ingram anyways to be honest. That that was another. I think whatever. That's a yeah. Him and, John Collins, him and John Collins are in that same camp, except John Collins only averages like 19 a game. But to your point on Portland, if you were going to trade him yesterday, you should have traded for Anthony Davis at the time. And that's yeah, obviously yeah. passed yeah. now, but it's, it's but okay. But at the time, at the time, you have, it's all about timing. And that's why Danny Ainge is not on the Celtics anymore. He got fired. He did. I don't care what anyone says. He did. He got fired because he, he didn't, take advantage of any of those moments you know the, there was a billion times there was someone's available James Harden Jimmy Butler uh Anthony Davis like he just didn't pull the trigger because he was afraid of whatever he just didn't trade his assets and now they're all you know in Maine and they're all you know it's the best they're team all in they're history. all Romeo Langford all of the assets yeah. are Romeo Langford they're yeah, just the every single the best one. G League in history it's they're literally like an absolute wagon because they yeah. have so many freaking players. Yeah, every single one is, it's just, it's six Romeo Langfords. That's pretty much what your team is yeah. now. It's its your core players and six Romeo Langfords, which you yep. did with all and those that, draft And that's picks. why Danny Ainge is going to be the new uh, GM of the Utah Jazz, probably, or something. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that, because this is the last thing that's uh, up on our list of things that we can now add in right now, which is the, the report coming in from Brian Windhorst in the Hoop Collective this morning that... Utah Jazz lifer and part owner Dwayne Wade is seriously concerned about Donovan Mitchell's desire to stay in Utah long term. Now, Mitchell has signed that long term contract extension already, so he's under contract for, I think, four or five more years in Utah. Yeah, he got, yeah, he got, he got the bird right. Um, well, well, actually, I don't think he did because he, he, he got screwed on that all NBA thing. But yeah, he mm-hmm. signed like yeah. literally last year. So he's, he's got four or five years under contract. But at the same time, if he's, he's willing to if he's willing to make it ugly, he can he can always make things ugly in Utah and force yeah. a way out. There's always a way out if you're willing to make things ugly, which is where Aaron Rodgers is kind of stuck between right now is how ugly do you want to make it to get out? So to yep. that point, there, there's been whispers around Donovan Mitchell for a while. I think if if they kind of, whenever that window starts to close for Utah, because Utah is just such a confusing team right now. I think whenever that window starts to close for Utah with the current core of the team, that's when you're going to start to see some some more rumblings of Donovan Mitchell's unhappiness. Yeah, I, I, I think <clears throat> at this point, it's obvious that it's just not going to work. I, I just don't have any inclination that I feel like it's going to be any good. So, um, you know, there was a conversation with the whole thing with Rudy Gobert and the COVID thing last year where um, Donovan Mitchell was, like, upset with them. It, it, it's obvious there's issues on that team, and I think it starts with Rudy Gobert. And I think, you know, 
You can't just trade Rudy Gobert, though. Like, I feel like well, he's, he's too good. Well, this is funny because I would have traded Rudy Gobert. <laughs> I, I made a dumb trade no, with Rudy no, Gobert. No, no, no. See, yeah. see I, 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 <clears throat> I don't think you shouldn't not trade Rudy Gobert, but you don't trade him for nothing. It's the same kind of conversation. I, I think he's good enough to, you know, hold on to, but also, like, the contract is just so freaking bad that it's going to hurt the hurt the team. But for Donovan Mitchell, you trade Rudy Gobert. You see what I'm saying? It's, yeah, it, yeah. You don't just trade him for nothing, but you trade him for the right thing. But if you're going to do it for someone, you pick Donovan Mitchell. You don't pick Rudy Gobert, please. Well, that's what I thought they did by giving him the extension was where it was like, okay, we're going to now build around Donovan. Now all of a sudden they did. They retooled on the fly excellently. Like they had oh, like unreal. An, yeah, they had an eight-deep team that got the number one seed in the Western Conference despite Donovan Mitchell missing a month at the end of the season, which is the other thing is that more than Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell is beefing with the organization because did you hear what was going on with his hip injury in that weird like game one with Memphis? I kind of, yeah, I, I heard about it. He like was upset with like the, the, like the training staff or something because he wanted to play. I'm, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. So just for like to, to t- cross some T's and dots on I's, because that's basically the point is that when he injured his hip for like six weeks at the end of the season, he went and, and left the, the jazz trainers and went and got his own private trainers to help him rehab. And it, it kind of offended the jazz to the point where he didn't play any regular season games, was ready to come back in game one. And the jazz basically said, you're not cleared. You're, our doctors have not been working with you. Our doctors don't know enough about you and you're not cleared to play. So he didn't play. And Memphis won game one on like a 34 point game from Dylan Brooks or something. And literally two hours after the game concluded, Donovan Mitchell was cleared to play for game two. How how do you go from not being cleared to play six hours earlier to being cleared to play? They're, they're trying. It's one of those things where I always bring it back to the Celtics, but it's a perfect example. They try to do this like franchise thing. You know, you're not bigger than the, the team. This is what this you are not bigger than the team. We're trying to push you down. You are not bigger than the franchise. Let me tell you, he is. He's and more so is important Damian than Lillard. So is Damian yes. Lillard. So is Jason Tatum. It's 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 a players league. It's what happens. It's a players league. Stop don't think that you're bigger than the players. That's why yeah. they brought in that that's why they, you know, got uh, Dwayne Wade to buy into the team. They want that type of like, you know, relationship with the players. Everyone loves Dwayne Wade, blah, 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 blah. It's a problem. They have an issue there, and I don't know how to fix it. It's a pretty they're they're like a they're a great team, a borderline great team. And yeah, they were like a second round exit type team this year, and lo and behold, they exited in the second round, even without Kawhi yeah. Leonard in those two games, which was a catastrophic failure on their part. Which is also a choke, which you didn't talk about that as well. Oh yeah, I forgot twenty five point lead, the Terrence Mann game. Yes, the magical Terrence Mann game where they blew a twenty five point lead because Rudy Gobert just got straight exposed because the O two Clippers are the greatest team in history. Yeah, no, it's uh, think about that. The Clippers went 47 years without a conference final with, you know, that bat, some of like Elgin Baylor and Bill Walton and like Chris Paul's and Chris Paul, Blake Lob Griffin cities. Yeah, and, it was and the, the largest scandal and 78 billion dollars of Steve Ballmer money could not solve the Clippers curse until Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann was the person who broke the Clipper curse. <laughs> it's almost it's almost like there was a coach there for a long time that left and then they got a nuke. Oh, who's that guy? 
Ty Doc Lue Rivers or Doc Rivers. Both Doc both Rivers, that guy left. That's what happens with the worst team. It's not all Doc Rivers' fault. I'm not pointing everything to him. But like there has to be something about that. There has to be. This team is O was O two twice in the playoffs. Three times. Right? Yeah. And and this is the funny thing about you and me having like generational differences because we're not like that. We're tw- you're you're not you're like eight years older than me. Like we're not that far yeah. apart. But in basketball terms, that can be a whole career. And while you you know grew up around you know death taxes and the Clippers sucking, like the Clippers just being <laughs> yeah, awful for sure. Just, you yeah. your your parents would tell you stories and your friends would tell That's you stories. That's not even a real. How- that, like literally growing up, that wasn't even a real franchise. You're like, yeah. like what is that? That shouldn't even be a franchise. That, for that, people, that team is pathetic. This is a weird way to think about it. For people my age, we know nothing but success for the Los Angeles Clippers. Nothing yeah. but success. For a decade yeah. straight, n- nine playoff appearances, and the only year they missed in the last 10 years was they were a nine seed because they, they had, like, Tobias Harris after they traded Blake Griffin. Like, yeah, nothing yeah, yeah. nothing but success for the Clippers across a decade. And I, wasn't it also the year after after the biggest scandal, like, that scandal? So it yeah, was like, 20, it was right, well, it was a little after the, uh, it was a little, yeah, it, that's Sterling. when the shift happened. That's when the shift happened. But even before then, that that team, the Donald Sterling year and that 2015 team, we all joke about that blew a 3-1 lead. That 2015 Clippers team was the most talented roster in the NBA, like bar none. This For was sure. the fir- first year of the Warriors who in 2016 would come into form. But that year, 2015, most talented roster in the NBA was the Lob City Clippers with, yeah. you know, Karan Butler, the big three. Um, was Maybe, nah, Chauncey Billups couldn't have still been there at that point, but that the most talented roster in the league that blew a 3-1 lead. I I remember watching that year's playoffs and saying like Wait, doing, wasn't that also was that was that um Paul Paul I mean not Paul um uh Paul Pierce or he wasn't there right then right I don't I don't know if it was Paul Pierce but I can uh I can do that at the same time but also I remember sitting there like doing maps like doing brackets on my like little like notepad that I had as a kid that I would also like do like um like notes on, I remember writing down Clippers going to the Western Conference Finals and then picking the Clippers to beat the Warriors. Like the Clippers were the most talented roster that season. And uh, that team also had like J.J. Redick and Matt Barnes and Jamal Crawford. And that Um, was when J.J. Redick was like young still. Oh yeah, that was a good team. Yeah, and that team was the most talented roster in the league that again, like kind of gagged on themselves a bit. Like James Harden made the conference finals and got smacked by the Warriors. So very clearly the Clippers were the better team. They just, you know, had a historic collapse, just like Doc Rivers just had for the 76ers. But um, you could argue like four or five times Doc Rivers has had the most talented roster in the league from like the 09 Celtics to, you could argue those Grant Hill and uh, Tracy McGrady magic. I was just about to say that, yeah. They were up 2-0, I think, against those Pistons teams that ended up winning one of the finals in like 0-4-0-5 or winning the Eastern Conference. And they like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. They like blew a 2-0 lead or something. And yeah, Lob yeah. City Clippers and last year's Clippers team was the most talented roster in the NBA. Like it, It's, again, nothing but success for the Clippers for a decade. And Doc Rivers, you know, unfortunately gets to be the, the flag bearer or the patron saint of blowing leads, which, you know, that's a bit cruel. Like as much as as much as we make jokes, that does seem to be a bit it, cruel. It is unfair, but there is a line there, though. Why is it that they just choke? Is it, it's, it's 
it's not just because of him. The players have to play the game, right? It's not obviously not just his fault. But why is it that this team now is the grittiest Clippers team we've ever seen? They've gone down 2-0 twice, three times rather, sorry, lose their best player, and they're like two games away from the, from the, from the first NBA Finals. How is that possible? I point to this with the Phoenix Suns right now, is that the Phoenix Suns are now, I mean, they might win game six and just put it over, but the Phoenix Suns are in jeopardy of a historic collapse that we have to kind of mentally start preparing for because the Clippers won the hardest game. Game five is always the hardest one of the 3-1 comeback because then all of a sudden doubt starts creeping in for the other team. <laughs> yeah, that doubts, that doubts an SOB, man. I'm telling you that, like, no, I hear you. I, I and, and honestly, if they just lost that game, I mean, it's the Clippers, so they would have got roasted anyways, but that's you're expected to lose that game now it's like they're playing with house money this is where this is where the doubt starts to creep in is where what we talked about early on in the playoffs or i guess early on in like the very beginning where none of these sons have been here before not devin booker not deandre ayton not michael bridges and they play for the opposite of the clippers of the last decade which is just the worst franchise in the nba they're just terrible for a decade and then this is their first playoff run and they're a game away from the finals part of it because they faced injured anthony davis injured jamal murray yep. injured Kawhi leonard but oh wouldn't you know what the injuries but go ahead this is where doubt starts to creep in when Chris Paul, people keep saying after every game, remember after they won game four in that like just crap 84-80 game that, you know, I'm glad I didn't watch it for everyone played like crap in that game. And Chris Paul's like, they asked him the 3-1 question. He's like, I better not, but like not yeah. even thinking about it. Well, yeah. guess what? After game five, your press conference. 3-1 lead. Hey, Chris, how about that 3-1 lead? 3-1 lead. 3-1 lead. 3-1 lead. Devin Booker, 3-1 lead. 3-1 lead. Uh, DeAndre yeah. Ayton, never been here before. What if DeAndre Ayton and starts honestly, bouncing balls I off his foot? honestly, I would argue Chris Paul's been absolutely trash in, this, in, in the, in the uh, finals. I don't know if you agree with that. I think he's been so bad. Well, so the two games he's come back, I, I mean, I don't know how, I mean, I need to look at the box score, but I know in game three that they lost, where again, everyone played like crap except for Paul George, they, him and Devin Booker shot 10 for 40 in that well, game. Yeah, yeah, well, Devin Booker also has an excuse where he had the mask, but not a, not, not, not a total excuse, but yeah. yeah. Yesterday, Chris Paul had 22 points, so a pretty good game. Chris Paul was pretty good yesterday, but... It was, I just yeah. I, don't, I don't know when I watched the game I just I, I don't know why I just I don't know the box score shows one no, thing game, I just feel like he was bad. Game four is another one. So game four was that terrible eighty four eighty game. Just everyone played terrible for both teams. And Chris Paul had eighteen points on like thirty percent shooting and ended up being the player of the game because uh, yeah. everyone played terrible. Just everyone was terrible except DeAndre Ayton. Um, they won oh, yeah. like 84-80. So yeah, Chris Paul's only played in three games. And I think because, and this is sometimes just the simplest way to do it, is they're 2-0 and without him and they're 1-2 and with him. Sometimes it's just as simple as that. And people are just looking for a reason to, to have a shred of doubt towards Chris Paul because it's like... Yeah, definitely. And, and, and I, I, I think for sure, no matter how you slice it, Chris Paul needs this so bad. He no needs question. to win this. They he needs this so bad. Trust me when I say this. He wants this more than anything. If he loses this three game three to one, he will be destroyed by the poopy Clippers. The Clippers are gonna do this on 
the back of Pandemic P himself, who's and the, awesome and now. Marcus Morris, who I said was a certified bum two weeks ago, and yeah. Reggie Jackson, and then, oh, who I said should stop shooting volume shots. And and your boy, uh, what's his name? The, the the white guy. I'm, I'm forgetting his name right now. Is the it shooter. Luke Kennard? Luke Kennard? Luke Kennard. Yes, the only, by the way, fun, maybe this is the stat of the day because this is a weird one, but uh, Luke Kennard is the only Duke player left in the playoffs of the final four. Oh, wow, that's interesting. The link for Kyle's stuff is in the description and the link for all of the DSD work as well. Uh, follow, download, and uh, leave a five-star review. Doesn't have to be a nice review, just needs to be a five-star review. So, for our buddy Cam. All right, so my final thought is going to be, I wanted to talk about the um, the golf tournament and what your how sick was that? with oh, uh, yeah. John Rom. You mean running around? That's right. I forgot about that. That's another thing we just skipped over. But so that moment there for what those a don't legendary pot. What okay, so for yeah. people that don't know, uh John Rom got absolutely screwed in the memorial. I think it was the week before or a couple weeks before or ter- whatever. It was yeah. really close to the US Open because he was out by six strokes. And he got COVID and he had to leave and then he ended up, he, they had to withdraw him, which is just, yeah, just he lost like $1.4 million from that. Yeah. And then I, th- I'm pretty sure it was the next tournament. I could be wrong, but maybe like a couple weeks after whatever is the U S open, which is one of the four majors of, of golf. And then John Rahm on the last two holes buries two birdies, and the last hole was legendary on 18 to go up by one into the, into the, um, uh, the locker room. Yeah, and Louis stays and ends up hitting a shot out of bounds on 17, yeah. and that ends up costing him the tournament. But Which sucks, because I like Louis too. But the other John part, Rahm now yeah. wins his first major. You know, It's just winning a major is all that matters in golf, really. And, and I, who was back in San Diego for the yes. week, was at Torrey Pines to witness that magical event. And saw that legendary pot. Yeah. Was that crazy? Was so, that insane? Here's the the timeline of events there because we we camped out so we kind of like ran around and I like remember when Bryson popped it within like a a foot of the cup yeah on like eight so right then he took the lead and the Deshambros follow him all the time so we always kind of said throughout like we need to kind of be ahead of the Deshambros <laughs> because the Deshambros yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think Rory was He's in the kind last cool guy now people love him yeah him and, and rory were the big guy and he was in the lead for a while so that's good too crazy. right was kepka people were loving kepka people were loving well so kepka spieth and justin thomas were in like back to back to back groups mm. so like people were following those three a bunch yeah. um but then the leaders teed off and everyone's like yeah, okay we can bail on brooks kepka because he's kind of far off from the lead but yeah he, he fell off a little bit but deshambo in the lead at the end the deshambros were out in full effect so we were at 10 and we saw rom we saw bryson was in the third to last group but he was still in it at that point right before my favorite moment of the entire time which is where a bryson shot plus seven after a streaker ran on the course you saw that not only that i have a video of him getting hit by the golf cart and a video of him being taken away by the police that i can send to you personally (laughs) that was insane no yeah so basically this it's a golf course so it's really hard to uh to tackle a guy because there's so much open space 
Yeah. yeah. So basically they, they kind of, but I just call it, they hit him with the golf cart to knock him down where the golf cart kind of just slowed him down. And then the police tackled him, but the golf cart was like right next to him. So I just say they hit him with the golf cart to knock him down. And yeah. yeah so after that, Bryson double bogeyed the hole and then quadruple bogeyed a hole after that, like Bryson shot plus seven on the final six holes after the streaker yeah. ran out, stole he a golf club and started hitting golf balls into the Canyon. By the um, way, which I think, which I thought was funny. I don't care what anyone says. People are just whiners. I mean, he, he should obviously be arrested, but it was funny. It was, yes. it was, it was, it was, it was funny. Pay your thousand dollar fine. Um, yep. and yeah, and wearing yep. a bikini all the way up and down. That was, that was pretty good. Um, so yeah, so at that point we got Bryson and then Louie hit like a putt on 10. I was right behind Louie when he hit the putt on 10 yep. to go up like two shots at that yep. time. And then we were following Louie for a bit cause he was the last group. And then, um, we were running to get, oh, this is another good photo I can send to you. We were running to go see Rom on 17 and right as we were doing that, Louie hit a ball into the crowd on like 13 or 14 and we were right next to it. So what ended up happening was I was standing, I took a selfie right there. I took, I was standing right next to the NBC camera for Louis's shot out of the crowd on like 14 or something. And then oh, after cool. that, after that happened, we all had to just sprint, sprint to 18 to try and get Rom's putt. We got there right as he chipped up to the green. And then of course hit the, that was like the, the moment like that, like winning. Whole was moment. it like, did you guys, was it in, like, like, I, I don't even know if I've ever been a part of something like legendary like that. Like that is like insane, bro. Like, was it like, did you get a buzz? Like, what'd you feel like? It felt like how you feel on TV when, at like the final, like when someone's going to win and you know that they're going to win and like 20,000 people are like pouring down the fairway, it felt like that buzz and better because you knew that was the shot that won it. Like, I mean, obviously Ustazen was right there, but you like knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but at that time, that was like literally like he's in the lead now. Louie needs to have a ridiculous combat. You know what I mean? Like it was, that was unbelievable. Exactly. And Louie was down a shot at that point. Then he hit the ball. And I was also we you, you started sprinting to get Louie at 16 and he hit a par and then he shanked the ball out of bounds on 17. Yeah, and then and, and then I think on 18, he because well, I did that. I was the, the day before. I think he had a uh, eagle on 18 and yep. then um, and then on 18, he put it in the rough and he had no chance of putting it on the green. So he had to like lay up and he said no chance. He had to lay yeah. up and put it in, but he just, no way. When I was talking about that on take it easy, I'd said, this is an interesting thing. Cause some people were like booing towards the end. I'm like, this is an interesting part of champion psychology because if he hits it in the water, sure. He finishes like fourth or whatever, but I guess he technically has a better chance chipping in from the fairway than he does driving the ball on the green from 270 yards in the rough. So it was an interesting thing, but Louie doesn't get it. By the way, Louie had a crazy crowd of like Australians and South Africans. Yeah, it's, pr- it's pretty, it's too him. bad too. Cause Louie's a great guy. Like uh, he's like one of those like guys that you're just like, Oh, I think he has like a lot. He's a bunch of two second place finishes too. Like yeah. he's a, he, it's a tough, tough one for him. But John Rom, John Rom was one of those guys that was going to get a major regardless. Like he's just one of the, he's just that good. So the fact that he buried that putt was so legendary and so like gratifying. The fact that he got screwed out of the Memorial and then he wins a, the U S open by like pretty epically. And you were there sick. The, the closest thing, I, the closest thing I can compare it to is like at a baseball game where like your team just hit like a walk off Homer 
and the stadium's just yelling and just yeah, everyone like, screaming but, and cheering. But like it was like a but it was like a walk off home run in like a big ass event. It's just like yeah, a regular like to clinch like a one, series. Like to clinch right, a like series. Like one of my buddies, one of my buddies went to a one went to that Red Sox game when they were down by three runs against the Tigers and um David Ortiz had the grand slam over um yeah, uh, into the bullpen. Into the bull with Tory Hunter. Tory Hunter was Yeah, Tory Hunter. It. Yeah, yeah. Like like it's maybe not on that level because that that's like ridiculous, but th- it's like that type of like legendary sports moment. Like for the rest of John Rom's career, that there's gonna be that fist pump, and you were there. Like, yeah, it's so sick. That it was so cool. That was, and you're just like running up the fair. You're just sprinting to try and get to that because right before you're you've timed this thing out. You've got it like okay, so he's on seventeen, so we can go see him finish 17 and go to 18 then oh shit louis just hit the ball in the crowd we're standing right next to louis ball um let's yeah just... golf golf events are pretty cool man they're pretty cool yeah no that that was like super intense so i'm glad you brought that up because i kind of forgot about that <laughs> that was like a week week and a half ago now so yeah that that was fantastic the u.s the u.s open at tory pines was fantastic tory pines man what a fr- and it was probably beautiful all right san diego to, to be honest, there was a little bit of a cloud cover and a marine layer, but, you know, 70 degrees. For yeah, the yeah, but it was like kind of, it was like, was it breezy? I mean, no, it's, it's, it's a, I no. mean, like, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's nice. unbelievable, dude. San Diego's crazy. Like, and Massachusetts right now is like 91 with like the worst human you can re- like you read about. It's horrible. Well, I'm back. I'm back in Northern California now, and it is going to be like 104 today where I am. So, yeah, yeah. it's terrible, dude. The, I I, I want to move to San Diego. But what was your final thought? I'm happy you were able to relive that. Yeah, I mean that kind of that does it for me. You you deferred to me quite a bit, but my my final thought was around that Suns Clipper series, and obviously. You know, we'll be back on Thursday, so only one game will pass before then, yeah. and, and we'll kind of know the result. But there was a moment yesterday on the YouTube that we were doing, which you can check out, Comical Sports. Again, it's in that link in the description. Uh, I'm very good at plugging things. <laughs> um, yes, sir. So there was a moment where I said, like, when the, the Suns cut it to four and they call the timeout, I'm like, there's always the this is it moment. And I don't know what else to call it other than the this is it moment, where you know, Kawhi Leonard just goes and scores 11 straight points for the Raptors. And you're like, oh shit, they're going to win the championship right now. Or oh shit, they're going to win the series right now. Like there's just this, this is it moment where like a dagger is hit and you're like, they, they just won the championship. Like, or they just, they're going to advance right now. Like Phoenix is about to go crazy. They've been terrible for a decade. And honestly, you could argue like a decade and a half. Um, They haven't made the playoffs since 2010. And now they're about to go to the finals and for the first time in like 30 years and it's like this this is it moment they're gonna do it on their home floor like you have that this is it moment and i had it when they had a four point run and for the clippers yeah what was that yeah yeah like how would you describe that it's it's like uh it's like almost like uh yeah it's like Like, this is it like yeah this it's it's that moment it's that it's the moment like i don't know how to describe i know exactly what you mean yeah i I don't know what to call it it, though it's like where your jaw is like down and you can't stop smiling because you're happy for that team and you're like witnessing like a moment that people have been like waiting for their whole lives yep and for the clippers to bear down in that moment and to win the game by like 16 points nails just it it was so unclippers like because i'm used to seeing the clippers fold like time and time again it happened three straight times to the nuggets last year it happened twice three times really against dallas because all three of those games they lost were really close and it happened 
in game two against the Phoenix Suns. Like I've seen it so many times that I was just expecting it. And nails. Yeah, exactly. I guess that you could have summed up what I said in in three minutes right there. Just nails. (laughs) Nails, man. I mean, like, like literally what the, what, what the Clippers did. That's some, that's some legendary stuff. And I, and I think that, uh, even if they don't win, this series, people are going to forget, but I will not. I will not forget that Paul George is now, like, truly... Paul George has always been this guy. Obviously, we all know that. Even the pandemic piece stuff is fun just because he's, he's on the Clippers. But he's, yeah. a, he's an unreal player. And and the fact that we're in the situation now where the the, the kind of has... Their back is not against the wall anymore. I mean, like, they're, they're supposed to lose the series now. They're down... That's 3-2. A little bit of a... A little bit of pressure there for those Phoenix Suns. A little yeah, bit. Exactly. Exactly. We've kind of known what Paul George has been for years. Kind of squeezing that ball a little bit. Kind of. Uh, <laughs> mm, it's happening. Wow that that was strange phrasing right there. Okay. Um. You're just you're. So what is Cam just alluded to there is your balls shrinking. Is that you're getting a little yes. nervous and your balls are Squeezing. shrinking. Mm. Just not uh, just not doing your thing anymore. That's uh, I, th- I the, think that's the, a great way to end the podcast. Just right there with balls shrinking. That's a great way to finish right here. It's just yes, that sir. Lasting image of Phoenix Suns fans balls shrinking or DSD's balls shrinking. One of the two. You can envision it. Mine are not you shrinking want. because I do not care about the Phoenix Suns. All That's right, all very good, say. very good. Okay, um, I yeah, we are just going all in right now on this. Anyway, so uh, thanks for stopping into episode six of the DSD podcast. Uh, I kind of did the follow, download, leave a five star review thing earlier. We'll but do it again. Yeah, make sure you follow, download all six episodes of the DSD podcast, as well as leaving that five star review on Apple Podcast. Again, you can write mean things. I prefer you write nice things, but as long as it's five stars, you can write whatever you want. Um, Cam, this has been fun. I'm glad that you yes, are sir. feeling better and that we can get back to this uh, this lovely podcast. Yep. Thank you, guys. Talk to you Thursday.